0: This is Get a Load of This Podcast,
1: where we cover topics for truckers and entrepreneurs alike. Our guests are coming straight from the trucking industry and industries that directly influence and impact the truckers and trucking companies. We want to bring tremendous value to today's leaders and entrepreneurs and our future of the trucking industry. The common passion amongst our host and our guest is one thing, it's you. It's you, the people that make this country move, the trucking industry. Enough with the introductions. Let's get this load on the road. road.
2: We are your hosts, Thomas, Cameron, and Ryan. Let's get get rolling.
1: All right, everyone, what's happening? It's Cam, your host of Get a Load of This podcast. I am the owner and founder of Valley Trucking Insurance Driving this episode, and also one of the co founders of this podcast. With me today, I've got special co host Ryan Young. He's a producer with me at um, the trucking side of things for insurance. Ryan, what's happening, brother? What's going on? How's hey, there, everybody? i from Canada. Do y'all, y'all got, you got snow up there now? Uh, it's, it's snowed. Well, there's obviously snow in Canada, but not
0: where I'm at. It snows <laughs> and it goes away normally here. So it's all good. But I basically just get really cold rain all, all winter. So I think that's worse. Years? I
1: think I'd rather have snow cuz it's somewhat warm with snow versus the cold wet rain and all that stuff. So
0: Yeah, but when it snows here and then the, and then the sky gets clear after it snows it gets freezing and it's windy. It's different than being inland cuz then it's cold and you get a sharp
1: breeze all the time. So yeah. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with the rain. Oh, there you go, man. Welcome. And today I've got special guests. We got Flint Holbrook. He's the president of Truck Spy. And I will let him kind of take it over, give a 30000 foot view of what they do, who they are to the industry. He came very highly recommended and introduced from a good friend of mine. And sounds like you're doing some groundbreaking stuff. You're innovative with the tech side of things. You're making a huge splash in the trucking industry. So I'm excited to go through and, and learn a lot about you. So give us a quick 30,000 foot view of what Truckspy is, and then I'd love to learn about your background and what brought you to this point.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me on, Kim. It's it's great to be here and good to meet you as well, Ryan. So uh, what what is Truckspy? So we are a all-in-one uh, fleet telematics platform. Um, and, and so we, we can do a lot of things for our customers right we, we can be your drive camera we can be your ELD uh, we can do your dispatch and tell your drivers where they're going and give them turn-by-turn navigation and, and all of this stuff but ultimately all those features really come back to two primary things and that is increasing your level of fleet safety and increasing your level of productivity so we want to help drivers get more done and keep them safe on the road um, and so you know, I built this. I built this entire system, or founded this company, I guess I should say, um, based on my experience. I owned and ran a trucking company in Fort Worth for about five years, and I found all these kind of holes in my management and things that we weren't able to to measure and therefore manage uh, in the business. And so, uh, when I sold that company, I, I kind of took all those learnings and and went to work for three or four years building what you know what i needed tools in that business and what we ended up with is a world-class fleet management system um you know we, we not only check all your compliance boxes but but we really help you help give you data uh as a manager to to make business decisions right like what's our dwell time like what's our detention time at this location versus that location how safe is this driver versus that driver like who's it Who's a high risk for an accident? How do we coach our drivers and improve their behavior? All, all these kind of things that, you know, as a, as a manager, like you're so head down in the day to day, uh, that you don't always focus on. So our goal is to, is to make it easy for you to work on your business and not always in your business.
1: And I'm guessing you had some major pain points, um, from being introduced into the trucking industry, owning a trucking company. You said you're in Dallas. Is that where you're at is Dallas? I, I'm actually in Amarillo, Texas. Amarillo, yep. Okay. Um, my sister in law is down in McKinney. Actually, they had just moved to another suburb there, but so I get down there when I can. So uh, it's a great, yeah. great town, great city. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, so one of my really
2: good friends actually owns a restaurant in McKinney. Just kind of a random fact. So the next time you're there, you'll have to check it out. It's Rye McKinney, phenomenal place to have dinner and cocktails. Yeah,
1: so. absolutely. We'll give a plug for them, man. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm down for some good food too, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Always. <laughs> That would be, yeah. That'll be awesome. What led you into the trucking industry? Because that's not something that people land into, um, usually aspiring to be into anyway. It's usually sparked from either family or influence or something. So give us a little bit of background yeah. on that. Yeah. So
2: what, what got me into it was I was actually uh, sitting in the airport at a bar waiting for a flight and I my, my neighbor next door also waiting for a flight. We got to talking about what we both did for a living and I was like 23 years old, fresh out of college. And he he was telling me, you know, he was in the trucking business. He was telling me all about it. And he said, you know, uh, and this guy was a FedEx contractor, right? So he had trucks and they hauled freight exclusively for FedEx. And he said, oh, yeah, all you got to do to get into this is, you know, go with a proposal and ask for a contract. So, of course, as a 23-year-old with no experience and no money, I show up uh, to my Dallas terminal manager and make a pleading case to get a contract with FedEx. And it's a pretty sweet deal because It's like a perpetual agreement. As long as you don't screw up in a major way, you kind of get to continue to work for FedEx indefinitely. And so they were super short trucks and drivers. And so the guy gives me a contract. And so as a 23-year-old with an engineering degree, no experience whatsoever in the trucking industry, I'm all of a sudden in the trucking industry. And so I started with two trucks, and we grew to about 30. We had some flatbeds at the end of the day, and we were still doing a lot of stuff for FedEx. Um, and then I got the opportunity to go back to business school. And so I sold that, that business and went and got an MBA. And that was kind of when I had the time to sit back and reflect and say, you know, wh- wh- what did I do right? What did I do wrong? Um, and, and how can we learn from it and, and use that experience to do something bigger and more impactful? And that, that was kind of where, where Trucks Spy came from. And, and we started with very, you know, we were very humble at the beginning. We we did one thing, and that was automate your IFTA, um, and we, our primary customer was our FedEx contractors, because I knew all those guys at the time, and we've since grown to be uh, a full solution. So, like I mentioned earlier, ELDs, drive cameras, navigation, dispatch, like you name it, we do it. We're pretty much the software uh, that, that runs your trucking company. The only thing we don't do is accounting, uh, because... I'm not an accountant, and I don't always understand accounting, so we stick with the stuff that we know. Essentially.
1: Yeah, that's hilarious. I think every most of the guests that come on are like, yeah, everyone asks us to do accounting, but we stay out of that lane. We know we know we're yeah. good at. We stick at that, and that's where we're <laughs> at, man. So that's cool. That's a that's a unique story and a an avenue on in a way to get there. And I love that you know, you had time to reflect and, and focus on my guess is some failures that you experienced yeah. or either had and then failed forward is a common phrase I like to use. What are some of the, yeah. kind of those apex moments or like light bulb things of like, man, I failed here, but this was amazing failure because it propelled me to where I'm at, right? What's a big well, yeah, one so, or a couple moments?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, in the big picture is I kind of played the market wrong. So we, we got into hauling some general freight and I mentioned flatbed. We got, you know, into this flatbed deal doing specialized freight at the time and the market was super frothy right And everything made a lot of sense and then all of a sudden if you remember like 2016 the oil field fell apart the market changed practically within like a three-week period and all of a sudden like it was really hard to keep the p l in a in the in the red or i'm sorry in the black we were kind of constantly flirting with red and black and so that was kind of like a big picture takeaway right is that you know, you really have to be aware of where the market is and how to manage the business to the market. But, but I think more, even more pertinent than, than that, what what I realized was like on a day-to-day basis as a manager, um, I was constantly dealing with the stuff that was super urgent, right? Like check calls and like hiring and recruiting and payroll and vehicle maintenance and what's going to be our backhauls for tomorrow and kind of all of this stuff that yes, it has to get done and it requires a lot of time. And then the day would, you know, the day would zoom by and, and, and I hadn't focused on the stuff that was really important. Like I hadn't built a great culture in my, you know, in my organization. I hadn't uh, focused on safety. I hadn't put processes in place to actually handle all of the stuff we had to do in like a mechanical, predictable way. It was very much being handled kind of on an ad hoc basis, so, you know, way too much stuff got promoted to me, um, and so you know that that was probably my biggest like takeaway and learning. And you know, first I learned how do you be a better manager through that. And of course, I was like a young and inexperienced guy, so that was you know very beneficial. But I think second, and kind of how spike came about, was I learned like there's got to be some tools out there that help me do some of this stuff. And and at the time there there weren't. I mean, you know, there there are ELDs. There are drive cameras. There are like different companies that do different things, but there's not necessarily one that's really well put together and integrated that helps me as a manager make business decisions. And so, you know, that that was kind of what I kept coming back to as I reflected on on my experience as a whole was like I needed to be on the business and not in the business. And so how do I as a manager Free up my time to focus on the business and
1: not in the business. Yeah, that's a perfect answer. Kind of a little bit of a blue ocean strategies approach, it sounds like, because you took pillars of other, um, I guess, side-by-side needs for the same industry and lumped them in and solved a big problem, man. And no doubt that is a huge contribution to your success thus far. So I think that that's cool. Hey, quick question. Being a trucking podcast and centric around truckers, um, if you don't have one, what would a CB handle tag be for you? (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh man, that's a that's a really good question. Probably probably like um, you know guy
1: behind the computer screen or something like, like that. Like Oz, right. like, the list yeah, of Oz exactly. or something. R two D two or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Now, what's your now? Are you fascinated with tech, or do you have a business partner that came from the tech world? Because that's a unique world to come <laughs> out of um, into trucking or from trucking to tech. I mean, that's a big deal, yeah. So.
2: Yeah, so I so I'm I'm a, I am the tech guy. Like I'm, I'm kind of CEO slash CTO primarily because I enjoy a lot of the tech stuff and setting that strategy. And it's it's really important if you're in, a, in in the tech world. Like, um, you know, you can't you can't just be like the tech guy. Like you've got to understand the business case of why are you building what you're building in order to solve your customers' needs. And so in our organization, that's kind of where I sit. Um, you know, my background, I taught myself how to code in like eighth grade, just because I wanted to build like a website. And then I was like, okay, cool. Now I've got a website, but how do I make it? Like, how can Cam type in his information? And then I store it. Right. And so there was just like these little steps that I took to, to just teach myself as a youngster. And then, and I really didn't do anything with that knowledge until I started truck spy. And of course I had to get a lot better at it. Um, and I'm by no means like a excellent programmer. Uh, but I know enough to manage a team and to set the vision to say here's what we're going to build and here's how it's going to get implemented and and you know how do we go from from nothing an idea to actually finish product so that's uh, that's that's kind of where I fit in the organization of course do a lot of sales and outreach and customer support and all the stuff that's really important for our customers but but I, I really do get a big kick out of how do we take a really
0: complicated problem boil it down into something that we can Provide the customer. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I'm curious. So then basically, it sounds like you basically had a tech background without having the technical tech background. You didn't have the schooling. You learned it, yeah. you implemented it. You obviously had to grow to get better. So I'm assuming, and I hopefully you don't take offense to this, but you have a team of people that you're pushing a lot of your ideas on, and they're helping you oh, fulfill yeah. some of the stuff that maybe you're not, uh, you know, on, an adva- on as advanced of a level as, is that? Oh yeah,
2: a hundred percent. My team is way, way better technically than I am. Like, it, I mean, you know, I come with like a pretty rough idea of what I want to accomplish. And then we work together to refine that into something that's going to, you know, one, perform well, that's going to look nice, that is going to be easy to use. Um, there's it, there's a, It's a huge team effort. So, you know, we've got like 12 people full-time, uh, in tech, and they they each do different things. Like we've got a guy that manages our servers and infrastructure, and we've got guys that do server side programming and mobile and you know user interface. And so everybody kind of has their own expertise. But at the end of the day, you've got to have somebody that is kind of you know pushing the team in the right direction. Right. And that is, you know, that's really kind of where I sit on the team. Yeah. I'm by no means the technical expert, but you have to know a little bit, right? You have to know. Of a little
0: course. Bit. No, and I think it's fantastic. And I know that this conversation's come up a few times in our previous podcasts that the trucking industry in a lot of ways there are obviously a lot of technology out there, but companies themselves aren't necessarily using it. And the reality yeah. of the business world, Cam can tell you this, because I see how much effort he puts into the, tech side of things, learning, and just trying to implement new technologies to help us accelerate on the insurance side, um, you know, all these companies are trying to keep up, and you're essentially helping them do that, from the sound of it.
2: Yeah, right, right. So, and and we, and you know, we're really invested in our customer success, like, too many of our competitors, um, you know, you say, okay, I'm going to buy your technology, they send you a box full of hardware with some instructions on how to install it, and it, then it's like, good luck, God bless, right? right. Like. We're we're extremely hands on. Go get on site, help train drivers and managers. Um, but but Ryan, you you I mean you hit the nail on the head. Like at the end of the day, this is a tool, and you know I've got hammers in my garage, and if I never go pick one up and like drive a nail, that tool is doing me no good. Right. And so the same thing is true of software. Like you can go buy software, and and that's like the tiniest step to success. you then have to implement it in your organization. And, and ultimately, like, you know, your organization kind of morphs based on the technology that you're using and how you make decisions and how your day-to-day operation works. And so that's the biggest, you know, that's the biggest thing we see of, of customers is they kind of come in with one expectation of like the software needs to work how we work. And then we do the implementation and then they're like, oh, wow, it's a lot easier if we tweak some things in our business to work the way the software works, Right. And ultimately, you you end up with, like, a really efficient way of doing things when both of those things, the software and the business, are kind of working hand in hand. Absolutely. But, but yeah, Ryan, we listen to our customers a lot. Like, we're constantly adding features and services and things based on uh, people literally saying, hey, it would be great if if we could get this report or that report or this dashboard or whatever it may be.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like you guys just do a lot for your clients and that's probably just growing. And like I said, it just seems like they're, when I talk to, you know, especially smaller trucking companies, it seems like they're doing what you were trying to do, which is manage so many different things at once. And then they're essentially, you know, some things are just getting left to the wayside. So you're offering them an opportunity to pick up all the slack. Can you can you maybe like elaborate more on some of the details of what you're really offering to people? yeah sure so just like based just what you what you exactly just
2: said like stuff is falling to the wayside so one thing that we've done that i think is really interesting is our drive camera uses artificial intelligence to identify risky driving behavior so it'll detect that you ran a stop sign it'll see you pick up your phone it'll read speed limit signs when you drive by to determine if you're speeding and, and all that stuff is like phenomenal technology it's great data but then you actually need to act on it And so what we've done is we've built this full coaching platform that as a manager, you go in there and it says, Hey, Ryan ran two stop signs today picked up his cell phone and was speeding very likely. and it gives you a yeah, very likely, right? I'm the same way. I've got one in my pickup and my wife <laughs> looks at my scores and she's like, boy, this is awful. But so it'll give you a score, right? So as a fleet, you can look at your drivers and say, wow, Cam is super safe, but Ryan's not. So I need to spend time on Ryan to make him as safe as Cam. Right. And then we give you some tools to help you do that. So as a manager, I can go in there and say, Hey, Ryan ran the stop sign. I'm going to, create this coaching event, and I'm going to put in some text to tell Ryan why he should not run stop signs. And then on your tablet, Ryan, like you would have to watch yourself run the stop sign, read my feedback as a manager, and then sign off saying, hey, I acknowledge this feedback, I'm going to rectify this behavior, right? And so in 30 seconds, a manager can coach a driver, and we've created the whole safety paper trail in case Ryan is later in an accident, we need to prove that he's a safe driver and that we've coached him. Like all that stuff is now done in 30 seconds where you you used to print it and go meet face to face and sign it. And like, that's a process, right? So we've all of a sudden given the safety manager back six, seven hours a a day in a lot of cases by just automating this workflow. And that's just one example of, of kind of what we do, you know, and, and, and that's where we think our value is, right? Like we want to give you time back in your day, make your business run smoother, put your records in order, Let's let's cover all of our bases, right? Uh, from a safety and productivity standpoint.
0: Absolutely, that's great, and I'm sure Cam knows, and I can attest to this as having management experience. That's that's the bane of everybody's existence: is talking to somebody about something you think they should already know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Right, but and but you know you would be really surprised. Like a
2: lot of managers don't realize how important some of this stuff is oh, yeah. until it's too late, right. right? Until Ryan's in the accident and the plaintiff's attorney is asking you for a whole bunch of paperwork that you don't have, right? Like you don't realize, oh, I should should have been keeping up with that all these years.
1: And I think it's a pain point when you're behind the the ball, right? And so if you can get ahead of the curve and have real-time feedback and data, spin it as a positive, I think that it could actually be a very motivating tool and create an amazing culture to work for for any trucking company that adopts this technology. Plus, like you know, and I know, Flint, from your experience running a trucking company mine more on the safety and um, risk management side with insurance and stuff it didn't happen if it wasn't written down and signed right Yep. so i mean you exactly took right. so much time out of that and headache out of that that yep. it's a training opportunity my driver file now is in compliance an attorney can look at that and say this is an unsafe driver well no it's not it could be on this one part, but let's say we had a speeding, um, but we rectify the situation. We had him do the training opportunity. We remedied it. Moving forward, it won't be a thing, you know, or if it's a habitual, put it in your driver guidelines and standards. Hey, if you hit X score on this thing and we yep. notice this, you will get talked to, you will get a warning. And then ultimately, obviously, you're going to be terminated would be my guess, right?
2: Is that how yeah. you're seeing <laughs> folks implement that? yeah so and and we're talking all sticks right now right so that's exactly how people implement it but then a lot of people also throw a carrot on top right so we're, we're giving you these driver scores that says hey cam you know, is is in the top ten percent of your safety and Ryan's at the bottom ten percent. Ryan, I keep picking on you, I'm sorry. This is actually um, probably
0: true. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so and so what we're seeing our customers do is like start throwing out a monthly safety bonus, right? Yeah. If if you're in our in our score system is like a thousand is a perfect score. And so a lot of people say, well hey, if you're over eight hundred for the month of November, you get a two hundred dollar bonus yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And so they're doing both. They're doing the carrot and the stick. And look we see I mean, just talking about drive cameras, uh, the camera also will coach the driver in real time. So like if I run a stop sign, it will say, hey, you just ran a stop sign. Um, but uh, with all this stuff combined, we see these risky driving behaviors in the first month of implementation, uh, we're, we're able to reduce them like nearly 90%, 85 to 90%. And now we've done this many times and we just see these risky behaviors just drop off a cliff because one, the driver knows that they're being watched. There's an incentive to act correctly. Right. And the camera is literally giving them feedback in real time. And so what well, we you know, when we survey drivers and we talk to drivers, we find that a lot of times they, they're doing risky stuff that they don't even know that they're doing. And it's not that they want to be a risky driver. so like they, you know, Ryan wants to go out and run stop signs, but it's just my habit. I roll yeah. up, I slow to five miles an hour, and I make my right hand
1: turn. Yeah. Right. So well, and as a business owner, that's music to my ears, and as a like obviously an in insurance, because that's my expertise, but you can put so much more money in your pocket as a company owner on the fleet side. I mean, you're no stranger to premiums if you had 30 trucks on your fleet. So yep. percentages matter, right? On the P&L, when you're trying to bounce between, like you said, the red and black to turn that green like a roulette table, um, there are certain things that we got to do as a business owner and influence and and have a hands-on control there. What are some other – like? That's an awesome feature. I think the technology on that is badass. What's some other exciting features you bring to the table? Because I know that's not the what you're hanging your hat on. So
2: Yeah, yeah, that's not the only one. So our, our ELD is really is really easy to use. So we, we really pride ourselves. I mean, all ELDs are like kind of the same, right? Because it's a federal guideline that's set out on what they have to do. But we've tried to make ours really easy for the driver. What we found is that uh, if you can make the technology super easy for the driver, they'll actually use it which, as I'm sure that you guys know, can be a big challenge. So we have spent a lot of effort there. We've also spent a lot of effort on a full compliance suite. Uh, So IFTA, IRP, all that stuff is done for you. We'll monitor your fuel consumption and, and check that against your miles. And like you end up with a bulletproof compliance suite. And then kind of the third big thing is this dispatching component, which we recently have had a lot of customers opting into and a lot of interest in and so what what that tool does is it lets you build your schedule right in our tool and then we feed that information back to the driver on their tablet so it'd be like cam here's your next origin here's what you're picking up here's your destination here's the number of miles in between how long we think it's going to take you to complete this so we kind of set some expectation on productivity and here's some turn-by-turn navigation and then when you get to that origin we're going to ask you questions right we're going to say hey maybe you're picking up commodities let's use that example what's your gross weight and your tear weight and your scale number right and so we can collect everything you need from an accounting invoicing perspective and you can invoice that customer in 15 minutes once cam drops that load off and so we're seeing a lot of traction there we'll integrate with your accounting system and make all that seamless no more paper entry no more bols to type in Uh, And so we can save your back office a whole lot of money, make your driver's life easier. Now, all of a sudden, you got all the day you need to do payroll. You can invoice immediately um, and just really streamline that entire process. So that's kind of another example.
1: I think the customer service aspect is something to be mentioned there, too, because that, that process versus the old school, like you mentioned, handwriting and, and waiting for, oh, yeah. for Sally to get it back and all this and work it out. The customer is like, oh, they know what to expect. It's done. It's paid here. I'm going to pay you. Thank you for your delivery. That was amazing. Exactly. So I guess and my, we've
2: even, yeah. and Cam, I'll even take it a step further. We've got open APIs and we've got uh, customers who can, who give access to their, so trucking company, our customer, gives their customer access to our APIs. So that customer can all of a sudden see in real time what's my ETA on my loads and like how many loads were delivered yesterday and like all these kind of operational questions that they want to know. What's the schedule for tomorrow? What time will, you know, load X get to place Y? Like all of a sudden as a trucking company, you can offer this phenomenal level of customer service that none of your peers can offer, right? None of your peers have that capability. And and we've got companies that are out getting 10 15% um, higher than market rates because of that that type of inter- integration and interface. Um, so that's a, I mean, that's another thing that that we're doing that I think is really is really powerful, and I think we're going to see the industry move in that direction probably over the next ten years. Like, you know, paper, this whole like mailing paper BOLs
0: around is a disaster and is going to go over. I'm I'm sometimes just curious why we still use mail in a lot of cases, but <laughs> that's. Yeah, and facts like you'd be surprised. So many of these trading companies are faxing stuff. Oh, yeah, we see it a lot. Like, what is this?
1: 1985 I was gonna right? say, sorry, we don't send facts where we're from. Oh, where are you at? We're from, you <laughs> not the 1990s, 2020. 2020, <laughs> 2021. That's where we're at. Right.
0: Are you,
2: yeah, do you step out of your time machine? Let's join us in the, in the yeah. new century here. Yeah,
1: well, and I, it's no surprise to you. Obviously, we we get a ton of fax requests, and and obviously, we use the e fax now, but still, yeah. it's a pain. It's like, it's the same as an email or text or link or, or whatever yep. I can drop over to you, man. What's on the roadmap for 2022? Like what's a big, exciting thing you guys are excited to share that you guys are working on?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good question. So one of our big goals is, is we're building a, and um, I don't have, you know, a lot of, lot of work left to do here is what I'll say, but we're building an entire coaching library. And so our goal is as as a driver on your mobile device, right? You've got two hours of detention time. Let's use that time wisely and let's do some training. And so, you know, think short video type training with quizzes, let's, let's do a refresher on following distance or let's, uh, you know, company customer could create their own content to maybe train a driver on a new type of load or customer trailer that they're about to haul or whatever it may be. So this really dynamic training system uh, is something that we're spending a lot of time and energy on. Another thing uh, that we just released and we're continuing to improve is we've got this proprietary fuel card that we've gone out and negotiated these tremendous prices at truck stops, right? So you could put our fuel card in your driver's pocket and all of a sudden you're gonna save, a lot depends on your state, but let's call it an average of 30 some cents a gallon on diesel across the country. And then that, and here's the thing that we're currently working on, is we're integrating that into our turn-by-turn navigation and our data from the truck's ECM. So we'll be able to say, this truck has half a tank of fuel. That means he has a 600 mile range and I'm just making up numbers. So where along his planned route should we direct that driver to fuel, right? Uh, One, maximize his productivity because we don't want him to have to fuel twice later or whatever, and we also wanna get him the lowest price. So what we're seeing is that we can we can cut that fuel expense like roughly two cents a mile um, out of the operation by utilizing these discounts and increases in productivity. So it's stuff like this came that we're like constantly figuring out, you know, how, how do we make drivers more productive and safer? Those are our two goals. So th-
1: those are kind of two big projects that oh, we're working that's on. That's massive and two cents on the mile is a major impact on the pro- profitability of a company. That's awesome. Exactly. And what's happening? Yep.
0: Um, yeah, so is this what you're referring to on your website? I noticed fuel exceptions reporting. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, so, so fuel exceptions
2: is like part of the bulletproof IFTA. So every time you go buy fuel, we then compare that with where the truck physically is. Right. So if you're buying fuel somewhere that the truck's not, we're going to give you a list of fuel exceptions. And hey, maybe these are fraud. Maybe you've got fuel cards like the wrong driver has the wrong fuel card or whatever. But ultimately that fuel exception report makes your IFTA filings bulletproof. I mean, okay. if you're ever audited from IFTA, like you like you can you can just run them into the ground on our data is correct because we've checked it six different ways to sunday and like good luck finding an error in our stuff all right, right? okay okay that's,
1: and that's a lot of money back in the pocket of the truck company on a dispute for an ifta audit because <laughs> i know that's a headache you yeah. know that can't verify it's a night it's like being audited by anybody it's a nightmare if you don't have data yeah right? clean data yeah
2: and so we're doing ifta for a huge portion of the fedex fleet like 50 percent of all their tractor trailers which is I don't even know the numbers. It's a lot, um, and and that and, and it's not even with ifta you know cam it's not even like the dollars associated with the audit. It's the time investment associated with the audit because the auditor wants to see like oh what exactly what time did that truck cross the South Carolina North Carolina border you know 18 months ago and you're like I, I don't know you know like how am I supposed to know that right and so that's the kind of stuff that like just run the report out of your trucks by account and hand it to them. Is
0: taken care of, yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, so what what else you guys have come in 2022? Anything else exciting? Obviously, yeah,
2: we're so we're growing the team, uh, that the you know, we're we're hiring rapidly. Um, we are actively onboarding customers, so that so this is kind of our big goal for 2022. I mean, we're going to continue to execute the product roadmap, and the product is going to continue to get better and more intense. Um, we also we we wanna we want new customers. Like we actively are out searching and doing implementations. And for us an implementation is like a big deal. Like we are on site, we bring text, we do installation, we do training. There's then like a six-week follow-up process where we're making tweaks and helping helping you fit the software in the organization. And so our goal in our, our goal in 2022 is we wanna do three of those a month. So three new customers a month and work through that entire implementation schedule, which is like a huge um, undertaking. And we're not always limited by the number of customers that want us. We're more limited by the number of these very intensive implementations we can do. Right. So we're trying to figure out, um, you know, internally, how do we offer this really high level of customer service and and really make our customers successful while we do more of it?
1: Right? Hey, Flint, what's the ideal client? So if we can help get you to this goal and say, hey, we got three of these perfect clients that fit yep. this model that make it worthwhile on both parties and like, yes, let's approach each other. What does that look like? So our
2: our ideal client, we typically see customers with 20 plus trucks um, and that can span a huge amount of industries, right? So that might be trucks hauling dry vans cross country. It might be food distribution. We just did a company in New York City that does food distribution, right? So like a ton of stops and and delivering all this to restaurants. And so it doesn't really matter to us what vertical in the industry you're in. You know, it's really 20 plus trucks get the most value from our system. Um, Normally, when you get up like in reality up over, it's like 300. Uh, Typically, you can build your own solutions and, and you've got more power with fenders and, you know, you don't really need us so much. So we really fit in that in that 20 to 300 truck range narrow window. um yeah it's a narrow window right exactly and and it, it, here's the biggest factor right is like you kind of have to want some new technology and you and as a, and as a potential customer for us like you have to be willing to invest in this internally this isn't like a sign on the dotted line and done deal like the, your whole organization has to be invested in uh, making this rollout successful and work for you. And we're going to hold your hand the whole
0: way. And hold right, right. And, and, and out of curiosity, so you say 20 to 300 is a sweet spot. I personally noticed that I think before that, that, that business owners are getting a little drowned in a lot of the stuff that you're on. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. is, 20, is 20 to 300 just nor the spot that you see you guys actually fitting from like a financial standpoint? Or is there a likelihood of people getting in sooner? You're just not necessarily seeing it.
2: Yeah, so so we would be happy
0: to work with, with smaller companies. But I'll tell you, like,
2: from a financial standpoint, and I, and I don't know exactly what, what the number is, but um, you can probably easily manage your business off of Excel spreadsheets, right? Up in, I don't know what the number is. Like, is it eight? Is it 10? Right, I don't right. know. Um, but, yeah, we, we don't have, like, a hard cutoff there. That just tends to be the customers that we see. Okay,
0: okay, cool. Yeah. And I'm, I'm
1: guessing not- from an owner's standpoint, Flint, like you, as you got the – cost analysis of time versus money and you start to shift yep. to that owner hat of saying, I now need to outsource, I need to hire, I need to find people to run this for me. And that typically doesn't happen at the five to ten trucks because they're still acting in all capacities is is my guess. So
2: yeah, exactly. So we we really like fit that company who doesn't have all the in-house technical capabilities or all the in-house management that they actually need. And we can fill a lot of that gap and you just don't really get there. And, And I don't know exactly, again, I don't know what the number is, It's probably not five or
1: 10 trucks. No, and I probably wouldn't paint a number on it, but it's more of a mindset and more of a where you're at on your journey of building, right? And it's like any business. And you understood that when you reflected back on your prior endeavor and building this. What did you do for your culture, man? I'm curious because culture is a big one and a hard one to nail. We actually had a guy on the podcast who has a culture course and that's what he teaches. So we got a little bit of education from him, but I'd love to hear your experience about that
2: yeah so so my i mean my experience was it was really hard to have like a positive um kind of get it done like well-oiled team culture i guess is how i would describe it in my trucking company because there was just so many constant challenges that we were having to deal with right like somebody doesn't show up for work. And so then that means other drivers need to pick up the slack. All of a sudden their days are too long. Now I'm burning them out, right? And so like, I, I found that it was, and I think that the biggest challenge was you don't get face time with your drivers. And it's really hard to, especially if you're operating part, you know, over the road or regionally where you everybody doesn't come back every day. Like I thought it was, I found it really difficult to build um, really good, relationships with my drivers where they knew what i was thinking and i knew what they were thinking and and really all march toward the same goal and i think if you can do that i think you cut your retention down and i'll I'll just tell you i didn't figure it out when i had a trucking company and that's one of my big reflections i wish i had but i think that that significantly cuts down your retention um issues and it makes your business work so much better. Like issues are promoted when they need to be promoted and issues that aren't, you know, that, that don't need to go to management, don't go to management. And like everybody is marching to the same goals, knows the policies, knows the procedures. And, and we've got a lot of customers that have figured it out. Um, and, you know, when I, when I look at what, at what they do well, like they do a really good job at outlining their policies. And then there's kind of this, you have to meet the policies. And if you don't meet the policies, we're going to have a hard conversation. But as long as you're meeting the policies, like we can all be friends and work together. And and I see that those companies are super flexible with their drivers. Like if you want time off, you get time off. And I think some of that also comes with getting bigger. Like it's really hard to do that when you've got 10 or even 20 trucks, right? But when you have a hundred, you can move stuff around to accommodate people and you've got, time as a manager to really focus on culture and 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 building that properly does that answer the
1: question no, yeah, that's that's kind a of great, no i think it. it's a great answer and it's a high level answer so i yeah. think it, it reassures everyone we are all in the same boat nobody really has it figured out they're just working yeah. to get better that's what that's yeah what, just yeah. get
2: better every day yeah, yeah. right and i mean i can tell you like culturally in our in my company now you know we don't have the same challenge with you know drivers being out on the road but we're a fully remote workforce and, and we found a way to build like this extreme get it done culture, like our people will work 20 hours a day to accomplish something for a customer. And, and I, you know, when I look back, I, I think I've just like set an example of that's what I'm going to do. And then my team has kind of followed that. And if you're not willing to get on board with that, you kind of get out. Um, and we don't really have like retention problems with developers and stuff like that. Yeah. So. You know, my, my thought is, how do I replicate that into a trucking company? And right. I don't know exactly how to do that.
1: Is the answer. Uh, it starts from the ground and putting the work in and intentional training and focus on building parameters, set expectations. I think you you nailed it there with, hey, these are what we expect. You know, you agree to meet these things. And if you don't, then we have yep. conversation and figure out, OK, what can I do to help you meet them? Next conversation is what do you need? What do you need to do to meet them? And the next conversation is, hey, it's probably not a good fit. Let's help you get another job. You know, exactly. that's probably yeah. the progress of that flow there. Yeah,
2: and that's always challenging, right? Yeah. Because drivers are in such short supply. Like you, I know. you hate to get to the let's find you another jobs,
0: <laughs> but yeah. we're trying yeah. to avoid that. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. at all at all cost, and like, yeah, we're uh, supposedly we got a shortage of drivers and stuff going on. So I mean, all oh, these <laughs> yeah. So, um, man, that's really cool. What motivates you, kind of day in and day out, man? I like your style. I love your motivation you bring to the table and kind of what you've accomplished. This this, and I know this is kind of just the kickoff point. It sounds like so. Yeah. So
2: yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I kind of like live, eat, and breathe. Um, this business and like doing a really good job for our customers like that. That's, you know, nothing, nothing gets me more excited than getting through that implementation phase. That's like pretty painful and a business owner finally saying, I get it. Like now I understand um, how this is supposed to work. And like, this is tremendous value in my business and nothing, nothing gets me as excited as that. Um, So, you know, customer success I is, is how I would sum it up cam and and I think in order to do that like we have to continue to execute the roadmap we have to continue to listen to customers um, and ultimately that will create a big change in the industry we think for the better
1: oh no doubt and and you came highly recommended endorsed and like are making a huge splash so uh, that's why I seeked you out and connected with you and it's like we've, we've got the mutual connection anyway it's like yeah hey, man we got to get Flint on here. So I yeah. love, I love Look, the I'm mission. To be here. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. I love the mission and what you guys are doing. That's uh, that's amazing, man. Now, are you guys so your workforce is remote? My guess is, is you'll work with anybody anywhere. Is it is it limited to United States? Do you go Canada? Like, where's your reach?
2: Yeah. So right now we primarily focus on the U.S. There's nothing stopping us from from doing um, Canadian work. Okay. Uh, we, we just haven't had any customers that have work you know from Canada that have that we've found and that wanted to use us yeah um but yeah we, we absolutely can work in Canada anywhere in
1: the U.S. you know we'll
2: hop on an airplane and be there and and get it done
1: yeah that's Excellent. awesome and then do you do on-site like as needed or quarterly or is it pretty much the onboarding and then the less the rest gets handled remote via zoom or whatever as needed or what does the ongoing look like the the experience and customer journey yeah, it it
2: depends very much on the customer and their needs. Um, you know, initially there's going to be a lot of on-site time as we get things set up and trained and installed and all of this. And then normally, long-term, we see it go remote because the customer, uh, the trucking company, gets up to speed and like they become very competent using the system and they don't really need us on-site. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff that normally has to get handled on-site is hardware-related. So you know, if we need to send a tech to to fix something, like we'll do that, right? But generally speaking, it then becomes remote. Now, of course, that's not to say some customers say, oh, we want to do a, you know, biannual or a, every six month or a quarterly sit down and review stuff. And like, that's fine. We can accommodate that. Um, it, it really just depends on the, on the needs.
1: That's cool. The dashboard view. So when you're saying, hey, just run a report. Hey, let's do this. Hey, let's have this training opportunity. Is it is it nice and neat in a dashboard that a company can go in, pick, out whatever reports they want, compile them in. In the case of an audit or litigation or whatever DOT inspection, what does that look like? A visual? You're gonna have to tell people because we don't do the screen share on this. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. So no, it's it's really easy. I mean, you would just log into your account, you would click reports, and then it just gives you this huge list of different types of reports that you can run, and you would select the type, and then you would say. Uh, you know, put in a date range. I need this for a clean month or uh, we want it for the last 30 days or whatever it may be. And then it'll ask you, hey, what drivers or vehicles do you want on this report? And okay. so you can just, and they're all groups. So yeah. you can be like, you know, give me my terminal in Dallas or my terminal in what, you know, whatever you have your grouping set up. Yeah. And then you just download it. And here's here's the other thing, Cam, if you can't figure that out, if you email support at truckspy.io, one of our support techs will just run it for you and email it to you. So like, it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty simple, system if if to do it yourself but if you whatever you know we've got customers all the time that are like oh i'm not in my office i'm driving whatever and they'll, they'll text our support line and then our our text you know our response time is is within an hour 96 percent of the time and uh yeah they'll just
0: email it to you so yeah that's really impressive man yeah you guys got it dialed in i mean we're trying to it, it, it yeah, it's a lot of work ryan like we're constantly evolving and adapting and it's just part of running a business. Well, but right? being client client forward and fo- client focus is always going to win in the end, as long as you can make it work. And It sounds like that's exactly what you guys are focused on. I love it, man. Yeah, that's that's our goal. And look, we're not always the cheapest
2: provider in the market. Like if you're looking for the lowest cost, there are there are other people out there. Uh, we're not. We're also not always the highest cost. We're kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, but you get phenomenal customer
0: service. Yeah, and if you get the support, cool. that's that's uh, yeah, you can't put a price on that really. Anyway.
1: Right. And I think cost is subjective too, right? You get what you pay for, but in the absence of value, then the cost matters, right? If they don't understand what they're getting, they don't understand the time that they're buying back or the ease of use or like what you're bringing to the table, forward thinkingness. then suppose, yeah, you're not the cheapest, but let's not throw that term out loosely. Like you get what you pay for, right?
2: yeah you, you teed me up cam this is how i start every customer like the first <laughs> discovery call i say we're not the cheapest provider we are the highest value provider love it that's what i like to say yeah so, excellent yeah.
1: you can tell i'm in sales <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Amen. yeah
0: cam, cam but drives it's true
1: home though cam
0: drives it home for us all the time like in the absence of value price is price matters and, it, and it's totally yeah. right like if you can't explain the value that you're offering which you clearly can Um, then, of course, price is going to matter. But if they don't know what they're getting, then that's all they're going to be focusing on. So... You guys are doing a great job. Cam, you're doing a great job at, you know, brainwashing me,
1: too. So thanks. <laughs> it's easy. That's I just funny. try to connect with people like Flint. And I'm like, man, I got to go back and rework my goals here for next year. I just got them done. I'm throwing them in the garbage and redoing it. Right. right. So.
2: Yeah, I might need to do mine, too. Who knows, Cam? I guess we'll see. But, Cam, you and I have got to get connected. Look, there's here's another, like, goal longer term than a year. But we've got to figure out in our business – how do we give data to an insurance company to prove that a carrier's safe? You know, a forward-looking view, not a loss run, yeah. right? That- that screams this is a safe carrier and should have a Yeah,
1: and it's funny because I was already, like, wheels are turning. I'm thinking, like, white label opportunities, integration opportunities, um, forecasting opportunities, and there's companies that I know that we utilize for tools and resources that we can do collaborative stuff or I can introduce, hey, here's what I know and here's the predictive, uh, you know, the factors that we can use to predict and underwrite um, properly. And you got the analytics and data to back up, like, real-time Change yeah. and like, hey, here's our safety score. Here's our out of service. Here's our compliance, whatever. And then yeah. once they implemented us, now look at what it did. Here's the, exactly. the predictive um, decline in in their out of service. Here's their increase in the safety score. Here's all this stuff. Exactly. Um, you absolutely could get integrated in, and those are valuable tools, assets, and resources. I try to preach it. I try to educate it. I try mm-hmm. to identify and work with my clients, small fleet, you name it. That's what it's all about. Is like, hey, you can only educate them, but they have to actually implement. They have to actually yeah. um, perform. And if they do, now we can start driving down the cost of what they're paying for. We can bring in. We already bring all of our added resources and value and consultation and all this stuff similar yeah. to you do, but um, it'll help them in the long run. So,
2: so we and we so we were able to do this in July. We had a customer seventy five trucks, and we shaved. It was just shy of half a million dollars off their insurance premium. By being able to go to the insurance company and show the safety program and the amount of analytics and like this is actually a safe fleet. Yeah. So what what I, what I personally selfishly want to be able to do is do just what you said. But on like a predictable, every customer that comes through our door can take this report to their insurance company and get half of it. Well,
1: and there's like even higher level stuff where it's like a conversation for you and I at a later time. But like if you can build or we build a program or you build like parameters around who we would want to look at, you can act. There's so much possibilities that you will pay the accurate premium based on the risk right which means in in layman's terms like you're going to pay a lot less if you guys operate at this high level your insurance premiums are going to be ultra competitive and you won't be subject to the rate of what the rest of the market's at. So it's going to be a competitive advantage. You can then get drivers hired on at a better rate. You can then offer more benefits. Like there's all these things that are a trickle effect down once we can get that culture implemented and drive safe and have like the best fleet, performing fleets. You get um, attraction to drivers. Like there's so many things that it it goes to, not just insurance, right? But – No, I love that you mentioned that. So that shows me right there. Okay, you're thinking about all kinds of stuff, not just what's at hand, what are opportunities, areas that we can bring even more value and, like, separate ourselves even more in this ocean. So that's great. Exactly. I dig that. And you're going to be starting a podcast, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, we are. So we're and I we have not even decided on a name yet. We're supposed <laughs> to, be, to record our to be next C B D. We're supposed to record the, the first episode the second week of January and then we're gonna do an episode a week indefinitely. So, yeah, stay, stay tuned. I wish I could tell you more. No, but I can't.
1: Not, not to so. put you in. I put you on the spot on that. So no, now, yeah, now for folks, um, where are you active the most at on social? Is it Instagram? Is it LinkedIn? Is it Facebook? Like if people want to follow either you or Trucksby, like where should they, yeah. where should they go?
2: LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I I live on LinkedIn. Love LinkedIn. Um, We don't do that much on Instagram or Facebook or really anywhere else except LinkedIn. We probably should. But, uh, you know, there's just like a time and effort and energy perspective to all these things. So we're going to have the podcast. We're going to have LinkedIn. You can find me, Flint Holbrook, like the rock that starts a fire. I'll be me and my father will be the only Flint Holbrooks on LinkedIn. Excellent. Should be easy. Yeah.
0: That's great. Yeah, and if you want to do me a favor and we'll talk after and just send me anything that you want on this, we'll, we'll get we'll get all the info on your podcast and everything out to everybody if you have yeah. it. So Perfect. Let us know, yeah. man. Uh, yeah, we should have a name nailed, I'm hoping, in the next couple of days. Yeah, we'll
1: work on that. And I think we'll just do a follow-up. We'll have to do a podcast, too, or come over and uh, chop it up on your podcast. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. That sounds great. I think that that'll be fun, man. What's... Um, is there anything else you want to cover in the industry? Is there anything that's been kind of bugging you that you want to talk about? As far as like uh, areas of opportunity that you found as a void you filled that maybe your competitors aren't doing so great? I mean, I don't. We can go wherever we want with this, man. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think we've probably
2: already talked about a lot of the voids that we're filling that our competitors aren't. I mean, industry, like guys, we're in. Our, this is a really challenging time in the industry. I was just putting together like a like a presentation for some folks earlier today. And there's like all of these factors, right? Whether it's driver shortages and detention times and price, fuel prices going up and insurance going up and like they're, you know, it's fragmented industry. You don't have any negotiating power. There are like all these factors against um, the participants in the trucking and logistics industry. And, you know, my takeaway from that is like with challenges come opportunity. Right. And so as managers, as company owners, as whatever, like we, we you got to put your head down and and think strategically. Like if you've never thought strategically, now is your time because the market is changing so drastically, and it's not going to be the same. In I, at least my opinion, is I don't think it's going to be the same in five or ten years as it has been in the last thirty years, right? Oh, and I so would. I, you know, my my challenge to trucking companies, I tell our customers this all the time is. Like, you've got to figure out where in this market you fit. Are you the high service, high price provider? Are you the low cost, you know, low service provider? Like, you need to be very strategic right now and put together a plan and execute it, I think, in order to stand the test of time and, and have long-term
1: profitability. Right. I think that's a good slogan and like a parting statement for um, action and implementable items there. Uh, that, you know, That's a. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, well good. And it's stuff that I think about too. I mean like... Look, the world's changing and you come from a world of tech, exponential growth in tech is like crazy amount of change, right? Look at electric vehicles, look at self-driving technologies, look at the camera and the AI capabilities that you guys are even like on the forefront of. How quick did that progress, right? From your first model to whatever version, crazy version number you're on now, the exponential growth is happening. You need to embrace, get ahead, educate yourself, learn how do you grow with it and not become a stagnant player in the game right
2: Yep, yeah and it just goes back to what i said when we started the call sometimes you got to focus on the business and not in the business you know if you look at like i don't know this is a random example i don't want to go down this rabbit hole really but if you go look at like the big finance guys like the big super wealthy hedge fund guys right Mm -hmm. and like you know they spend 60 70 percent of their day reading news articles not like actually doing work like they're just thinking they're just thinking like Mm -hmm. what like what is the market going to do what are opportunities what are threats like and, and then they build a thesis from that. And they say, here's how I think it's going to go. And here's what I'm going to do to capitalize on that. And like, obviously, as a manager, you can't go spend 70% of your time reading news articles and thinking. But if you're not doing any of that stuff, like you you probably should be.
1: Yeah, or connecting or learning or educating yourself from other folks right, that you exactly. need to get your news from, right? And we do exactly. something. So like one of our big partners is a Great West Casualty, and they're phenomenal. They're pretty much one of my favorite insurance companies for the trucking industry. Um, It's kind of where we try to get to, but they host, you know, symposiums, like we've got different guest speakers or topics or folks from their uh, experts in their industry whatever that is you know that come and talk about the future or talk about what's happening and talk about the change that's needed talk about um, you know the litigation that's changing in the different states and what that means to yeah. your clients and you as a truck owner truck truck company owner or whatever so like we'd bring those resources to our clients and and that should be part of the value proposition you're getting when you partner with folks like Flint right is what value do you get from Flint it's not cheap or the cheap right. list, according to you. But yeah, like, let, list, but let's yeah. be real, you're getting the best value. So, right. Well,
2: and uh, the same thing to you guys, right? Like this podcast is an excellent example of if if I listen to this podcast every week, right, I'm
0: going to get a whole lot of knowledge on my commute to work that I can then use to better my business. Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I love it. I mean, what you're saying, like not focusing – in the business, focusing focusing on the business, what are you gonna get done if you're doing all the same day-to-day details and you're just going through it and you're not learning and educating and growing. And part of it exactly. is you have to provide yourself some value too, right? And so sometimes you gotta delegate and you have to use other people's programs and you gotta use information to help you grow. And if you're spending time doing everything else, you're not gonna do that. So yeah, time is your limiting factor in life, right? Like that's just the
2: pure and
1: simple
2: 100%. fact of, of life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's it. And it's not renewable. We got the same amount that's of time right. every single one of us do. And I try to talk to my guys about that too. It's like, what is your time worth? At a certain point, you have to put a weight on that. And do you want to spend time doing this? Or is it worth it for you to spend time? It might be. Does it align with your goals? Great if it does. Or if you're passionate, Flint, like doing code and yeah. stuff. Great. That That's something to work on. But then you might not be passionate about this. You either hire it out or you find yeah. someone that's better at it than you. And that's. Uh,
2: or don't do it. Or don't, don't do it. Yeah, just stay your way
1: right I yep. love that man that's awesome so man I appreciate your time so much on this and I definitely will be looking forward to your podcast once we get the no name up there and we'll yeah. we'll, we'll start following and give you a shout absolutely yep yeah um, and
2: we'll have you guys on you, you'll be you'll be one of our first couple of episodes I, I'd love to I'd love to do that and talk insurance yeah so that's something I think a lot of people want
1: to hear no probably not that's the reason our podcast is not about insurance because if I did a podcast about insurance, people would not listen to it or they'd be other insurance professionals yeah. and you know, we don't want to do that. So I wanna actually bring right. value and and I think insurance is important and obviously there's topics that need to be discussed, but I get excited about, hey, what's disrupting the industry? What tools yeah. should these guys know about if they're on this road on their own and they don't have mentors or people that can share with them their failures, you know. Like we get, you know, From fleet managers to owner operators to guys that just invest in the trucking industry, you know, like maybe you did. Hey, I invested in a few trucks and had this vision and ran it as a business and not like a truck driver owning a business. You know, so I like to get all different aspects and points of view and walks of life and things that can bring value. So insurance is one We'll talk about sometime, but I don't want to bore people.
0: And and we can talk about this. This is all going to be a little symbiotic. We're all working on trying to make the industry a little better. If you're talking about safety, talking about technology, talking about how that affects insurance and your overhead of operations. So in the Mm -hmm. end, yeah, insurance can be kind of boring, but all this stuff will work into hopefully getting you better insurance at a cheaper rate and also having your business operate smoother more efficiently and you'll have more, you know, money to count at the end of the day, I guess, for lack of, yep, for lack of a better exactly. statement. And that's yeah. what everybody wants, right? They want to see their business running smooth. They want to see their culture good, their employees taken care of. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to get in an accident. Nobody wants to pay out the wazoo for insurance. So, all this- And hopefully at the, of the end of the day, make some money, right? Exactly. That's, like, that's the ultimate goal we ask. Right? All that it. together, man. And we appreciate what you yeah. do and your input in the industry and we might bore people, but maybe we can have a conversation on safety and how it relates to all this. We'll see how that goes. Perfect.
2: Yeah, yeah sounds check good. Well, on, guys, I, I I really appreciate you having me on. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, Flint, cool, Thank
1: you, man. When I get down uh, in your neck of the woods, I'll definitely hit you up and check out uh, the McKinney deal there. So. Yeah.
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Let me know. I'd love to. Uh, love to catch up.
1: So I think that'd be fun. Thank you for your time, Ryan. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Okay. So for folks that want to follow or join a group, um, Flint, one more time, let's say uh, somebody wants to actually connect with Truck Spy. I've got truckspy.io. Is that the best way or is there a phone number, an email? Like how should they yeah. reach you? So,
2: so go to truckspy.io and then click on contact okay. and you'll get phone number, address, email, everything there. Perfect. Uh, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, just Flint Holbrook in the search bar. Um, those are two two great ways. Perfect. And I'm happy to share... Uh, you know, phone number, uh, it's on the website, email flint at truckspy.io, pretty, pretty
1: yeah. simple. Okay, you guys heard it, so follow him there. And for us, you can go to Get A Load Of This, um, Trucking Podcast, we're on Facebook, follow myself, Cameron P-E-C-H-I-A on LinkedIn, Ryan Young's on LinkedIn, Facebook, so y'all can spam us however you want. Follow <laughs> us, look <laughs> at whatever you want. Don't be offended though, don't you might get offended. The so don't the website's get offended. rolling. What's the website, Cam? so get a load of this uh podcast.com is the website so y'all can go on there we're pretty much on every major platform apple spotify stitcher youtube podcast i don't know there's a bunch i don't even know so it just <laughs> you're on everyone so be good man okay flint thank you sir ryan yes, sir. thank you sir appreciate you. Concludes another episode appreciate you
2: okay. all right thanks